ladies and gentlemen. From the Gene Wingate Memorial Studio at Freedom Bend Farm, this is The Ike Wingate Show. From a small town in Arkansas to working for the largest radio corporation in America. Turn up the radio! He experienced a spiritual awakening that propelled him into radio ministry. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Austin McAllister. And then on to the Dave Ramsey Show. That is dumb. Cash is king. Which led to founding a small business in 2009 to start a family and then selling that company in 2021. It's strictly business. He has the perspective on business, politics, and family. Oh, let's get this party started! He's shining a light in the dark corners of our media. You are fake news. Our government. Handling of classified documents. And our culture. Don't trust anyone. It's common sense amid its chaos. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Here's your host, Ike Wingate. Well, welcome in to another edition of the Ike Wingate Show. Here we are on Monday, March. 13th, 2023, after a busy day in the markets, a lot of uncertainty out there, a lot of questions, a lot of confusion, uh, a lot of panic, maybe unnecessarily, maybe justified. Uh, That is yet to be seen. That's really kind of where we are today. We do know some more things than we did uh, earlier today uh, when we came talking to you. And then, of course, our last podcast last night and I would encourage anybody that did not, uh, was not able to listen to episode eight to go back and listen to it because it does give a pretty good comprehensive approach to uh, how we found ourselves in this position where billion dollar banks ran out of money. And so if you go to IkeWingate.com, you can find that there. And uh, listen to it on whatever platform that you choose. Yesterday, of course, the uh, bank collapse became known. Uh, it actually happened on Friday with Signature Valley Bank. Of course, loca- uh, Signature Valley. Well, I am already messing this up. Silicon Valley Bank. And we also have Signature Bank that uh, they announced late yesterday uh, has failed. And then we also have Silvergate Capital. I believe it's Silvergate Capital, another crypto type of bank. So I don't know how up-to-date you are on that, but as of showtime right now, those are the banks that have fallen fallen into a tough situation. And today, the federal government has stepped in to do a couple things. And so I'm going to tell you as if you don't know, So please don't feel insulted. All right. So Biden, our president, has stepped in today to assure everyone that the deposits are safe. So uh, Silicon Valley Bank, just to give you a quick update, basically they did not have enough cash to accommodate all the people that were trying to take out money out of their bank account over the weekend after Friday, all hell broke loose. Okay. Now today, And we can get into any more of that, but again, it's on the podcast that we did yesterday. But then uh, the question was, how are these folks going to get money? Uh, They're only insured up to $250,000. What happens beyond that? And a lot of these were large companies, large companies that you know, Pinterest, uh, Vimeo, Roku, um, 
all kinds of, of companies that you're familiar with that had a lot of money there. And so what happens to the money beyond the 250000 Okay, so that's what kind of started us in this direction. And then yesterday, Signature Bank in New York, not the one in Arkansas, uh, also announced that uh, the Fed basically stepped in in that particular situation, from what I understand, a different situation than what happened at Silicon Valley Bank, where they were like, we're, we're toast. Whereas the bank, uh, whereas the federal government stepped in, the FDIC stepped into the signature New York situation proactively, which is raising some eyebrows because that is a crypto bank primarily. So there is an overarching point of view that is developing out there right now that is that our government is being unfairly restrictive on the crypto markets. Okay, we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Um, there is some evidence of it. I don't, I'm not going to say that it's for sure, but there are some things that are, don't look quite right. Okay. And so that is one of the things that happened. And then today it was announced another crypto type organization, Silvergate Capital, uh, is also in a failing state and the government, uh, stepping in. That one isn't as widely publicized. I don't have as much information on that yet. So that is, that is what we have at the moment, okay? Those are the three banks. We also saw trading halted today uh, on the uh, stock market. Uh, that is not, an, uh, in and of itself, a big a concern uh, to me. It is something that you would expect to happen when cer- there are certain stop gaps that are instituted uh, at the stock market when a stock goes into free fall to correct them uh, from a bunch of panicked, free-falling traders, okay? Um, really, really valuing the stock low. It gives the market a chance to stop and catch its breath. But these stocks were actually halted. And you remember back, I remember this in 2020, when uh, things went crazy, you know, they had to stop the market multiple times and sort of let it catch its breath. Um, so that in, a, in and of itself is not overly concerning, But the federal government has stepped in and said everyone who has money at Silicon Valley Bank, there's so many S's here. I'm bound to mess up and drop an S-bomb or something because there's Silvergate, Signature, and Silicon. Super, super sassy. Uh, Samsonite. I was way off. I'm just kidding. Uh, So the, the, the government has said people with money at Signature in New York, the crypto, and uh, Silicon Valley Bank, their money will be safe because the FDIC and the Fed has stepped in to shore those depositors up. Okay, so the bank is not going to be propped up. You know, the people that have invested in the bank, uh, their money is gone. Uh, but the people that have money in the bank, they are going to get it back. And today we've seen several uh, bank branches, Silicon Valley bank branches, where people are pulling their money out like crazy. Um, But our president spoke for three minutes this morning and said that everything is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. uh, We must get a full accounting of what happened. America can have confidence. Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. I don't know that that did a whole lot 
to uh, instill confidence, but at least it was something. The Fed is yet to come out. Uh, the Federal Reserve Bank has not come out and said anything yet. And that is discouraging to the markets as well, that there hasn't been any kind of conversation come out from the source on exactly what they're going to do. Some people criticize President Biden for not taking questions. Uh, it was probably in his best interest to leave that alone as he walked off, although he did look back and act like he was going to answer a question, but he did not. Uh, but again, like I said, probably better for him that he didn't get himself into a situation where he was trying to answer questions that maybe he did not know. If I was his advisor, I would have probably told him, do exactly that. Don't say any more than that. Get in, get out, and let the people that really know about the Federal Reserve and the FDIC and the financial system handle it. So that did give some calm to the storm to at least know that people are going to be okay. But uh, then it opens up all kinds of questions, all kinds of questions because the money there is getting uh, bailed out by these big tech companies. I, I think that's the right decision. I think that's the right decision. Uh, but it is also really difficult because there's a lot of big venture capital uh, in that bank, and some people have criticized it. If I banked there, I would expect that it would be safe, and therefore I am okay with them getting their money back. I'm not a f in favor of big bailouts, uh, but I am in favor of them getting their money back. What it opens up, though, is who is going to take them over? Who is going to take them over? And the criticism I have, the criticism I have about this situation is instead of letting another company, another bank come in and buy them and sort of take care of it in the free market, uh, the FDIC and the government has come in and sort of, uh, you know, taken over themselves. They've taken it over. They're in charge. And so now they are controlling who gets to buy Silicon Valley Bank which is a bit sketchy to me. And the word on the street is, from multiple sources, is that there have been buyers ready to take over before the failure or even before today's announcement, but the FDIC said no. They did not like whoever it was that was wanting to buy them. There are some conspiracies now developing from uh, interesting folks that are basically saying that this was all planned and that this was an attempt to consolidate and consolidate and consolidate. And, the, and you know, I'm not going to go out there and say that it was all planned, but certainly when a crisis comes up, those that want to make a power grab, they jump on it. Okay, so I can't tell you how much it was planned or not, but I can tell you that it is likely that more consolidation is going to occur uh, wherein you're going to have another bank, larger bank, uh, take over Silicon Valley Bank, and you're probably going to see some of these regional banks get purchased by some of these other larger banks as well so they can avoid any kind of potential uh, panic to set in like it is uh, happened for these other banks. And so there, there is a... It's something to keep an eye on, everybody. Something to keep an eye on. All right, so uh, that that was discouraging to me to hear that they had thwarted uh, some of the purchase attempts. I, I don't don't like hearing that. All right, let's get to some more of these options out here now. Uh, according to the FDIC, they are planning a, a planning to auction off Silicon Valley Bank. This is what the Wall Street Journal is reporting, and it it, it smells kind of weird. 
The regulator couldn't find a buyer for the failed bank yesterday. Officials told Senate Republicans they have more flexibility after declaring its failure a threat to the financial system. The FDIC sees them on Friday, Signature Bank on Sunday, and then President Biden assured the U.S. banking uh, that the U.S. banking system is safe. Here's where it then brings up some interesting questions, and that is there was an audit done. There was an audit done by KPMG. KPMG uh, did an audit uh, not that long ago, and this is what is so perplexing. And, and that they were they were given the all clear. Okay, Silicon Valley Bank failed 14 days after KPMG LLP gave the lender a clean bill of health. Signature Bank went down 11 days after the accounting firm, uh, firm signed off on its audit. So Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank were just audited, both, uh, both of them, within the last two weeks. What KPMG knew about the two banks' financial situation and what it missed will likely be the subject of regulatory scrutiny and lawsuits. Uh, KPMG signed the audit report on February 24th. Common Sense tells you that an auditor issuing a clean report, a clean bill of health on the 16th largest bank in the U.S. that within two weeks fails without any warning is trouble for the auditor. That's according to Lynn Turner, who is chief accountant of the Securities and Exchange Commission from 1998 to 2000. Two crucial facts for determining whether KPMG missed the bank's problems are when the bank runs began in earnest and when the bank's management and KPMG's auditors became aware of the crisis. What is known about the bank is that deposit outflows accelerated last month and in its March statement, Silicon Valley Bank or said client cash burn has remained elevated and increased further in February. So they are essentially blaming people for pulling money out too fast more so than predicted as to why this happened. To me, they were uh, in, in a very high-risk uh, situation, and therefore it was not so good. Both audits were, 2020, were for 2022, so auditors weren't scrubbing the bank's books for the time period when they ran into trouble. You could call it unfortunate timing, you could call it incompetence, or something else. I don't know. Uh, they are all supposed to raise important issues that occur after companies close their books and before the audit is completed. So it would have been on it would have been on Silicon Valley Bank to raise the concerns before the audit period was done, which was February 24th. They still had a a uh, obligation to share that information with the auditors, but they did not. All right, and that's both organizations by the way, which is really this is really odd. Auditors also use the report to highlight critical audit matters that involve challenging, subjective, or complex judgments. KPMG, in that section of its report, focused on the accounting for credit losses at Silicon Valley Bank, but it didn't address their ability to continue holding debt securities to maturity, which in the end, the bank lacked. Okay, So in other words, the bank couldn't hold on to these investments for the time period of the term. So they're invested in some bonds and some mortgage-backed securities that had a four-year term. I don't know where they were in that term. Maybe they had another three years or two and a half years. Uh, an audit should have uncovered that they couldn't last long enough to get their money back out of the investment, that the money was tied up. So that is another strange, strange discovery that we had this afternoon about these audits and how they did not uncover the problem. So the issue that I have with what President Biden said today is, you know, that it's not going to be on the taxpayer's dime. 
Uh, he actually, uh, somebody tweeted that for him, or he tweeted it. I don't know who tweeted it, but it was under his POTUS handle. And um, I disagree with that strongly because the taxpayers always pay in the end, one way or the other. And so the FDIC is funded, it's an insurance fund, and it's funded by the banks that have been paying these fees over and over and over and over. And so they don't have all the money to cover uh, what's happening so far, but the federal government's going to work with them. Then they deplete that amount, and it's going to be covered by the federal government, which, which is tax money. But let's say it's replenished, uh, and they need the FDIC account to be replenished. That's coming from the banks. Who pays the banks? The account holders. The bank is not going to absorb all that extra cost. It is going to be passed down to the customer. So again, the taxpayers, or at least the account holders, uh, will pay, which presumably are uh, taxpayers. So, just, uh, so this is from the Federal Reserve. To support American businesses and households, the Federal Reserve Board yesterday announced it will make available additional funding to eligible depository institutions to help assure banks have the ability to meet the needs of all their depositors, all their account holders. Basically, if you have money in the bank, you're a depositor, okay, because you're depositing money into the bank. The Federal Reserve's prepared to address any liquidity issues that may arise. The additional funding will be made available through the creation of a, and you'll probably hear this a lot if you are uh, in and around the news or anything like that or social media, BTFP. Bring that, no, just kidding. Uh, Bank Term Funding Program, BTFP, which reminds me of Daryl on the office, BTB, bring that booty. Uh, But this is BTFP, if that'll help you remember it. BTFP, Bank Term Funding Program, offering loans of up to one year in length to banks, savings associations, credit unions, and other eligible depository institutions pledging U.S. Treasuries, agency debt and mortgage-backed securities and other qualifying assets. Basically, they're saying we're going to take care of it, uh, whether it's credit unions, banks, savings associations, and others. So they're going to shore up people's accounts. Up to $25 billion initially from the Exchange Stabilization Fund as a backstop. Okay, They're working with the Treasury Secretary and the Department of Treasury. So you have the Federal Reserve Bank... You have the Department of Treasury, and then you have the FDIC, okay? You have all these three entities working together, which, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank is is not the government, actually, uh, to many people's uh, surprise, even though they're called the Fed. Uh, they're, a private, they're a private bank of really uh, powerful people. And so they're working with the Department of the Treasury and then the FDIC, which is the insurance arm uh, that these banks have paid in, these dues in, or these premiums, I guess, for a long time. And basically, they're saying they're going to make people whole. They're not going to save the banks themselves. The banks have to be bought or split up and sold off in pieces. As a general rule, historically, 250000 has been the mark. And this particular, these two banks or anybody else right now that taps this fund, it it is going to be more than that. But, you know, as a good rule of thumb, we don't know how far, you know, what standard they're going to apply. Like, okay, if this bank is of this level, then we'll do this. But if it's of this level, we won't, which would create all kind of craziness. But as a general rule, $250,000 is what's covered. Um, And so if you have more than that in a single bank, 
Uh, there's, you know, advice on putting it into government-backed money markets and things like that to where you can still get the money and then, uh, and then it's not in the account. Some of this stuff is all in theory. If everything completely crashed, it would be a different story. I just want to tell you like the, you know, potential worst case scenario. Uh, I don't foresee that happening right here. So Signature Bank was closed. New York State regulators on Sunday shut down Signature Bank. It's a big lender in the crypto industry and a bid, uh, in a bid to prevent the spreading banking crisis. We are also announcing a similar systemic risk exception for Signature Bank in New York, which was closed today by its state chartering authority. That's according to the Treasury Department. Uh, let's see here. All depositors will be made whole. As with Silicon Valley Bank, uh, Signature is one of the main banks to the cryptocurrency industry, the biggest one next to Silvergate, which announced its impending liquidation last week. It had a market value of $4.4 billion as of Friday after a 40% sell-off this year. According to, uh, as of December 31st, Signature had a $110.4 billion total in total assets as well. All right, so that gives you an idea of what Signature Bank is. All right, now let's talk a little bit about... How we got here, well, there's people talking about the regulations. Did the regulations lead to this or the lack thereof? There were some Dodd-Frank regulations, part of them that were rolled back in 2018. Elizabeth Warren is blaming Trump and saying that that is why, because in 2016, the regulations were rolled back a bit, but it was a bipartisan effort. It was Republicans. It was Democrats. Trump did sign it. Uh, for banks less than $250 billion in assets, okay? There were some cumbersome regulations on some of these smaller banks uh, after the 2009 uh, crash and all that stuff. And so there were some changes made to it. That's what Elizabeth Warren says. Barney Frank, I don't know if you remember Barney Frank. Barney Frank uh, used to be in Congress, but he's also on the board of, guess what? Signature Bank New York. Barney Frank is blaming the uh, takeover from the government on this, the, the, the crash in, in his bank, over the crypto panic. Okay, so you've, if you've got Silvergate Capital and you've got Signature Bank, which are cryptocurrencies, then you start to trace this back to the FTX issue with Sam Bankman-Fried. And that's a logical connection where a lot of, it was a Ponzi scheme, and a lot of money uh, basically got lost. So there is, uh, seems like some reasonable credit credit to that. Uh, let me tell you this. Former Rep. Barney Frank and Sen Senator Elizabeth Warren, who were two key architects of the post-2008 system of Wall Street regulations. So they were all, they were both involved in these regulations. They're at odds over what is dragging down banks once again. Frank, who chaired the House Financial Services, Services Committee in the wake of the global financial crisis, wrote sweeping new rules that were enacted in 2010 most and then most recently served on the board of New York's Signature Bank, which was shut down yesterday. From his front row seat on the board, he blames the failure on a panic that began with last year's cryptocurrency collapse. His bank was one of the few that served the industry, compounded by a run triggered by the failure of tech-focused Silicon Valley Bank late last week. Frank disputes that a bipartisan regulatory rollback signed into law by President Trump in 2018 had anything to do with it. Eve, and by the way, Barney Frank is a Democrat, 
even if it was driven by a desire to ease regulation of midsize and regional banks like his own. He says, I don't think it had any impact. They hadn't stopped examining banks. So they were still being examined. Uh, but Warren, a fellow Massachusetts Democrat, uh, is placing blame firmly on the Trump-era changes that relaxed oversight of some banks and says Signature is a prime example of the fallout and argues that had Congress and the Federal Reserve not rolled back stricter oversight, that S- Silicon Valley and Signature would have been better able to withstand financial shocks. So you've got people that are ideologically aligned that are disagreeing on this. And so, and you know, Barney Frank is pretty much in the middle of it. So he, you know, he's been living this day to day, right? Um, and then uh, Silvergate also, uh, which is having been, been having problems already, uh, as we just told you. Here's the interesting thing. All right. Do you guys remember the movie, The Big Short, and this guy, Michael Burry, who basically uh, predicted it and everybody said he was crazy. Here is what he is saying right now. He just tweeted about an hour ago, this crisis could resolve very quickly. I'm not seeing true danger here. This is a guy who's not afraid to blow the whistle and signal uh, alarm, but he is saying right now he believes it could resolve itself very quickly. Uh, The Fed did step in really quickly yesterday to try to shore up the losses. And so that should be to their credit. Although I do not like it if it is actually true that they are turning different buyers down because they don't meet their, uh, their wish list. I know that banking is highly regulated, uh, but if they could have prevented some of this and they didn't, uh, that should be, uh, that should be something that's looked at more in depth. I think that's encouraging to hear that he's saying that. I trust that this guy knows what he's talking about and he's not afraid uh, to, you know, to have egg on his face. All right. So that gives you the basic information that we have found out today. As far as everything that is going on, I've gone through this information. We've told you what we know. That's where we are right now. We'll continue to update you as we get more information, but we wanted to bring that to you uh, tonight so you had everything you need to know. We'll keep updating you as we find out, but make sure that you stay calm out there. Uh, Have a conversation with your bank if you feel that that's what you need to do, but don't panic because panic makes things a thousand times. And that's going to do it for me. Have a great night.